Okay, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by The Oaken! Now on sale, where... We don't know, but what what we do know is that it can be yours for the low, low price of a hundred thousand souls. <laughs> so c- come and get, come and get it. <laughs> I'm so stressed. Oh God. Oh boy. We got to get into these episodes. So my name is Dell. Everybody, hello. And today I am joined by Lethen. Hey guys. And Nomi. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize until I did the brought to you by section how uh, fired up I am about the content of these episodes. Uh, but yeah, let's be, we can be people and then we can be analysts. Um, how are you both? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Really good. Very excited really? for these ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, episode 127 okay, okay, okay. I've been so excited for. Oh, oh, good. Okay. These, there's been so much in these episodes. So much plot heavy and just things to really get our hands on that I'm really excited to discuss. Yeah, a lot of thing. We're getting a lot of details that feel important. We got a lot of important details mm-hmm. yeah. over the course of these three episodes, I felt. Like things are moving towards something. There's a lot of forward, uh, forward movement, I feel. Mm-hmm. And we got Shinji. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh my god! I right. We got we we got so much. These three ep- We got Ukitake. We got Shinji. We got Yumichika. We got Uryu. This episode was like Hi Del. Here are all of your faves in a very very contained series of episodes. Have fun. Sometimes people are shirtless. Sometimes they're wearing street clothes. So, like here you go. Just like have have everything. These episodes really said. Here's a treat, Del. Here you go. Um. <laughs> I, it was ooh, it was good. Um and and it was good for plot too. Like stoked on plot always. Mm-hmm. Should we dive in? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hit those summaries. Okay. So, in episode 125, Urgent Report, Aizen's terrifying plan, Ichigo fights off against Kempachi in his inner world, whilst outside the Visors are still taking their turns battling the hollow he has become. Before Lisa has a chance to end him, though, Ichigo finally finds his resolve and gains control. Meanwhile, Ohime returns home to find that her new roommates have installed a creepy Stranger Things type TV mm-hmm. in which she is privy to Captain Commander Yamamoto and is explaining that Aizen's plan has finally been revealed. To create an Oaken, a royal key, something that needs the destruction of the hundred thousand souls which effectively is the entire population of Karakura town. That brings us to episode 126, Uryu versus Ryuken, Clash of the Parent-Child Quincy's, which now that I'm reading that title and looking at this summary, I'm kind of like, that's awfully reductive. A lot more happened in this episode. <laughs> but I digress. Where we start is with Momo Hinamori. Bless her. Up on her feet, but looking a little worse for wear. She is talking with Hitsugaya. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Captain Hitsugaya, uh, in a way that is friendly at first, but quickly becomes a little unsettling as she speaks in Captain Aizen's defense, begging Toshiro to save him instead of killing him. But we're not given time to dwell on that because there is so much training happening 
all over town. Like, so, so much training, y'all. From Ichigo, training with Hiyori to extend the amount of time he can wear his hollow mask, to Chad and his big weird arm facing off against Renji and his Bankai, and Uryu still, still dodging Ryuken's onslaught of arrows and insults. Orihime, meanwhile, searches for Ichigo and soon finds herself at the Visard's warehouse. So she just, you know, slips through the super intense barrier that Hachi created and delivers the message about the Oken and the countdown to winter to Ichigo, and then is intercepted on her way home by Yoruichi, who brings her to Urahara's secret training ground. Cut to my favorite bespectacled boy again, who is looking mad rough. Ryukin's arrows have worn Uryu down physically and mentally, which was the point? Or so says Ryukin, who shoots his son almost through the heart, like not quite, like exactly 19 millimeters to the right of the sinoatrial node, apparently, actually, which restores Uryu's Quincy powers somehow? I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that brings us into episode 127, Urahara's decision, Orihime's thoughts. The episode starts with Rangiku rightfully slapping around a walking sexual assault case and giving Ikaku and Yamachika the info that she and Captain Itsugaya heard from Yamamoto. Yoroichi delivers Urahara his Orihime's kiddies meal with a side of sass via her Deliveroo services. Or should I say, deliver meow? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Part okay. Of my soul just died. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was very proud of that joke, but anyway. Uh... In a good way. <laughs> or Urahara tells Orihime that he doesn't think she should battle, and despite Chad trying to stand up for her, she leaves the shop really upset, only to run into Rukia. Unable to hold back her tears when Rukia asks what's wrong, the two proceed to talk things out, leading Rukia to telling Orihime that she will help her find her place in this fight, in what is probably Bleach's best scene between two female characters. Then mm. it's ruined by a third, as Yori arrives to deliver Orihime to another man, this time it's Hachi, <laughs> the lovable dog who waited for his owner. Hachi revives <laughs> to back <laughs> I'm so sorry for the amount of really bad jokes in this one. Hachi revives no, Tsubaki <laughs> and states that Orihime's power is very similar to his own. Meanwhile, Yami punches some kid who fixed up his arm. Talk about Ruthless, reminding us all of who, her, who our heroes are actually up against. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. There's so much <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually quite nice. I feel like they do a really good job structurally in these three episodes mm -hmm. of splitting time among all of the characters that we need to see so that we don't feel like we are behind on anyone's storyline mm -hmm. because we they're all bound to converge eventually, right? Like, in this, ep in this series of episodes, we get confirmed that we are leading up to a climactic battle, which is way down the line. That's not coming for another four months, so who knows how many episodes that's going to take. But all of these moving parts and pieces are going to be important, and so they're split up pretty evenly. It just means there's a lot to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think they're really well paced as well, and like you were saying, Agreed. Dale, very well balanced. Um, and I think that's sometimes something that Bleach can struggle with, but these episodes got it right. Yep, yep. So in the last episode that we recorded, Nomi, you and I were chatting about the uh, 
anime and manga differences where a lot of the fights that were happening inside Ichigo's head weren't actually in the source material. However, yeah. the Kenpachi fight, you led me to believe that the Kenpachi fight was. Is that correct? I did. Awesome. So I I really liked the fact that it was in his head Kenpachi who restores or reminds Ichigo of his love for fighting. Um, mm. In a scene where like Hollow Ichigo comes across as like proper terrifying, because obviously we're seeing inside Ichigo's head, and we're seeing what's happening outside of Ichigo's head as he's uh, battling the visards, and that look is so beyond human that mm. he's that he's like transformed into this whole. He's got like a tail, and he's got claws. It's like very dinosaur-y, I kind of thought. Yeah, lizard-like type. Yeah. Yeah. I could just picture each goes a velociraptor now. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it made me think. Like I actually had this thought. I wrote it down. I was like, "What? What would they do if Ichigo actually became a hollow? They would kill him. Shinji says that. Mm. Yeah, but like, like, what if it didn't kill him and he just became a hollow? Like, how would then Aizen so- would probably snap him up and yeah. be like, ha ha. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. And make they- him the number one Espada or something. Yeah. It would- Which is hilarious to think about. <laughs> it would certainly would be so- change ugh. a lot of things. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> I just each go with a wee collar around his neck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The shiki in me is like, yeah, Ichigo with a collar around his neck. Somebody's excited about that. Oh, God. So that like, one's for you, shiki. I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> shiki was very keen on his collars, wasn't he, when he was yeah. on the episode? He That's was. Funny. He was. God. Um, Aizen's pet, which just reads a whole bunch of. Yeah. New fan fictions and artwork, yeah, that we probably That's don't not want to talk I about. hate to break it to y'all, but like if you go back into like live journal kink memes, that's not new news. Oh, it's no. not that shit's been around for forever. Not if you just scroll through some of the artworks and the conversations. We love the Rule 34, yeah. baby. Oh, okay, see I, this is why I don't venture into the not safe for work channels <laughs> in our server. I just stay clear of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of fun oh. i don't know <laughs> i whatever i i don't really write that very often but i think it's fun to discover what people come up with that's true that is true there's a lot of innovation there and yeah. then sometimes you just get to like it's okay to be self-indulgent every now and then like if eisen if eisen is an exciting the sexual icon to you then like go off read and write your fic it's not hurting anybody there is something about the power play of like people that cosplay eyes and that whenever i see the pictures i'm just like yeah okay (laughs) okay okay i was brief this is not about the episode but one time i was at this big bleach meetup at a con and we had i think we had we were missing at least one captain but i can't remember oh we didn't have a mayuri because that that's a bitch and a half to cosplay honestly uh i've never done that i never will um but we had almost everybody else from the og lineup from like the first arc and the person who was cosplaying aizen had done like in the in the white uniform hair slicked back no glasses um and there were a lot of like iran cars and other characters um i don't think there were very many visors r.i.p but uh uh so 
to get our big group photo, like we had a professional, several professional photographers there because it's a con and they're all over the place. Uh, but Eisen just like put his phone on a selfie stick and was like, everybody get behind me. And so there were like a lot of <laughs> photos actually of everybody. There were like almost 50 of us, I feel like. Uh, and Eisen with this selfie stick just being like, look at me being lord of my domain and yeah. all of us like... We, yeah, we, like, it's, it's also different energy, but it was, it was fun. It was really fun. That's great. I love conventions. <laughs> yeah. We've all missed it. I was Ukitake. Yeah. Of, of course. course. So, anyway. Of course. I, it's, it's my go-to, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, we should probably talk about the episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Oh. Should we just get down to the crux of the matter? Go for it. Yeah, Please let's. go. Please go. Okay. So, Aizen's true plan. Yes. Okay. We yeah. we see that his true plan is to create an oaken, mm-hmm. or at least yeah. they thought it was to find an oaken. Until Yamamoto says that the um, the location of the oaken has been passed down through head captains for generations, which is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so this led me to believe that an oaken has already been created. And to create an oaken, you need to have an enrichment zone um, that is of a greater diameter of... Getting my math right. Well, okay, at some point he says a soul mile, which I'm like, oh, all right. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, (laughs) I just thought it was very funny. Like, do you just put the soul in front of everything to make it like fit into, like, do they, it's like, hey, uh, I'm going to buy some ramen at this shop in the Rukonga, the the Rukonga, that'll be four soul bucks or whatever. (laughs) Like, no, I did some research on it. Oh, oh yes. tight. Okay. Please prove so, me wrong. I don't want that to be true. <laughs> a soul mile in, or Ray Re, Ray being soul and Re being the mile. And a Re, R-I, is actually an ancient Chinese-Japanese unit of measurement. And oh. one Re equals 2.4 miles. Oh. So, yeah. So it's like one. So um, that's like a five mile diameter if it's a two if it's a two and a half ish mile radius that's a big area yeah so it's yeah it's like five mile diameter that this enrichment zone needs to be in but then this spirit box also reminded me that the currency in the soul society is called a can k-a-n k-a-n which i think if i did research it probably does have ancient ties to it Ties, thank yeah, you. That's the word like, I was looking for. I think for. about like, yeah. like the wandering samurai movies and stuff. And like, I know that a brio is a, mu- a unit of currency, but I haven't heard of a can before. Mm. So we're going right, right back. Um, mm-hmm. A can is a Japanese unit of mass. Oh. Oh. So like the Rietsu type thing. Is that maybe where they're getting it from? Like that's yeah. their currency. Oh, is, I, I was is like, like in the same way that. Oh, something could be like worth its weight in gold or whatever. Well, listen, like, is, is listen it a to unit this of, from Wikipedia. Of... The base unit of Japanese mass is the can, although the mom is more common. It is a recognized unit in the international pearl industry. Ooh. That makes sense. Cool. Yep. I like that. See, we learn stuff on this podcast. I fucking love it. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> Nomi, I don't know if this is what you were leading to, but when you say, so I, you said an oaken has already been created. That is evident. Yeah. So Are, so is your implication that at some point in the history of soul society, this process 
somebody underwent this process previously, and at a, at a, at a point in history, a hundred thousand souls were utterly decimated to create the first Oken, and Yamamoto's just like, I'm I'm down. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, whoever okay, okay, okay. was before Yamamoto type thing. Yeah, it could have been. A, he's been around for a hot minute, but yeah. Yeah, because, and it made me wonder if it did kind of correlate to something in. Oh, I was going to use the word Muggle history in the world <laughs> of living history, in which a oh. hundred thousand souls just blinked out of existence, like maybe the yeah, like the, 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 da- the dinosaurs, not <laughs> the dinosaurs. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking right because he Yamamoto says it's been passed down from head captain <gasps> to head captain, Sorry, meaning I that it's definitely thought. before him, because otherwise yeah, he right. wouldn't have said that. I just gasped because, like, the timelines don't work, but I was like, oh my god, is that why there was a big Quincy genocide? No, it was oh, not. That That's not what so that is. that cool, though, wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. It's not. It's not that. That was, Yamamoto was already head captain by that time, and I don't think enough Quincy's died. And I was going to say not Quincy's enough die, don't they just, like, they yeah. just, like, they just die, right? Like, they don't end up, the the way that their bodies, ret- they, they don't, like, turn into reishi in the same way that Shinigami But I was aware like at that. this point, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Unless you, God. unless you're Mayori and you manage to like, you know, kidnap a couple of bodies for scientific experimentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to innovation, man. Mm. <laughs> so I took a wee note of this actually. Hiori mm. took the longest to control her hollow, right? I thought this was really interesting. Mm. So I'm just swinging in with this out of left field, and because mm. I'm sick to death of going off in tangents, it's definitely my fault. Um, hers took the longest to control. It's 69 minutes and two seconds. <laughs> Ichigo nice. at the point of Kenzie, Cap- I can't call him that. Kensei. <laughs> punching captain. Kensei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The punching guy. Uh, Ichigo's came in at 68 minutes and 44 seconds, right? Mm, mm. So, is it to do with immaturity? I was thinking, like, is it to do with how young the person is that's trying to control the hollow, or is it to do with how powerful their holofication is? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? I, okay, I have thoughts. Can I go first? Oh, yes, go. <laughs> yes, of course. I think it's to do with emotional and their mental state. Mm-hmm. Because in a couple of episodes, we get that... Um, like the whole Mashiro can keep yep, his yep, on for yep, 15 yep, hours. Yep. She didn't have to go through training. And she's a very carefree character. She feels like she doesn't care about anything. She's happy-go-lucky, kind of annoying to the point that you want to punch her type character. And then you've got Hiyori, who is very, very angry all of the time. And I feel like she might have had a harder time processing and controlling that character, um, controlling her inner hollow. And then you've got Ichigo, who again, he's not angry, but he has a lot of uh, psychological trauma. He's got a lot of mental health that could prevent him from gaining control. So I don't think it's to do with like age or maturity. I think it's to do with their mental health mm. and their mental state at the time. Yeah, I'm down for that. I really like that, actually, because that, that ties back into the, the stuff that we've been harping on about, about like the holification or the hollow like trying to control the hollow being very similar to like mental health issues 
and and it, that's so freaking true because like I I've had my anxiety disorder ever since I was seven years old. Seven years old was the earliest mm. I had an attack, and and so having it for that long, you learn how to deal with it. But I have noticed that when I'm at my point emotionally exhausted or more than likely physically exhausted, I find it even harder to keep back anxiety attacks. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if like Ichigo, like the whole, because the whole says that to Ichigo, doesn't he? He says like. I'll, you know, you you show the slightest bit of weakness, and I will come back, and I will like step on your head and crush your skull, and and mm-hmm. and it's like it feels like it's tying back into that. Like the minute you are just even slightly physically exhausted by something or stressed by something, that is when your mental health is like it, it, it pounces. It feels like it's a constant battle that you're trying to keep it back. Right, and I think the other the other key component of this, as it relates to both. Um mental health IRL and the experience of living with an inner hollow is it's difficult to move forward without acknowledging it. You, you can pretend that there's nothing wrong and that nothing's going on, but that actually makes moving forward much, much harder at the end of the day. Because if you are a person who lives with anxiety, then like if, if you if you just pretend that everything is fine or like not that everything is fine exactly but like you can't develop coping mechanisms and like learn for yourself what you need to be a person who is like living with anxiety yeah. you're just gonna like be your so that kind of of forced suppression is really really unhelpful to like the the experience of living and in the same way like, I I mean, we don't yet know what Hiori's experience gaining an inner hollow was like, and we haven't seen any of her inner struggle. But based on what we know of her, she doesn't seem like, to me, she doesn't seem like the sort of person who would adapt to change very easily. And she's quite like my way or the highway. And so if this oppressive presence is just like showing up inside her psyche for the first time, I can't imagine that she was just like super, super down with that, you know? And so I imagine she like tried to ignore it or like in Ichigo's case, he was really, really scared and didn't want to face it. Like we've seen her display fear before. Like we've seen how, how, how small and scared she got when Ichigo like almost ripped her apart a couple episodes ago yeah, kind of thing very true. um so we know she holds on to a lot of fear and like I feel like fear and anger are often very very related so uh yeah it's it's I think it's also to do with how willing a person is to adapt to change and to face things that are uncomfortable and unpleasant and hard and I I I don't think Hiori's good at that and Ichigo Ichigo is okay at it, but I think his situation here is not helped by the fact that he's, like, on a time crunch. Like, mm. he feels like he has to save his yeah. friends, and he has to save his friends, like, yesterday. Yes. So, so he's, like, he's just, he's stressed, and he doesn't want to be dealing with this noise. Yeah. I think, like, I wonder if it's also to do with lack of knowledge. They haven't really explained anything to what to what's happening to him they literally just knocked him out and were like okay when you wake up you're gonna have to fight so he doesn't really know what is happening and that's gonna make him reluctant as well to kind of be able to accept and move on with it because how can you move on when you don't know what's around the corner 
Right. Especially, by the way, since Shinji just drops, he's like, oh yeah, I know about the Hogyoku, I know about Sosuke Aizen, I know about everything, and I have for a really long time. I'm not going to expand on that. Go and fight, boy. Like, what? What? It's so good. He's such a good character. I've definitely developed a much bigger appreciation for him this time around. Ah, have we influenced you? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Do you know, like, did you notice that when Ichigo, because this was something I touched on before, where he, like, where Ichigo attacked his hollow before in the sleeve of his, uh, uh, fucking words, Mm -hmm. uh, Shihakusho? Thank you, Shihakusho. Turn, yeah, gotcha. uh, his his sleeve of his shihakusho turns black, but this time when he stabs his hollow, the whole shihakusho turns black and is very reminiscent yeah. in the way that it moves to Zangetsu's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much, and even like down to the tatters and everything. You mean old man Zangetsu? Yeah, 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 old man Zangetsu. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Which, and we did see that the Where's holo- that guy? Who knows? Yeah, we did see that the hollow got absorbed into Zangetsu or Old Man Zangetsu like a while back, a few episodes back. And it's very clear that these two are part and part of each other in some way, shape, or form. So I just thought that that was really mm-hmm. interesting. And, and taking care of his hollow, Ichigo is allowing potentially Old Man Zangetsu to return. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, that's neat. That's a neat way to think about that. I have a thought. Go for it. it uh, <laughs> this is, I guess, the longer that I've spent in the Bleach fandom, the more I dislike Head Captain Yamamoto. Um, really? I've actually got a good note for him down here. So yeah. Oh really? Yeah, go 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 go. Okay. Go. Okay. So the thing that I think is just. It's, it's very subtle, the way his character and his motivations are teased out over the course of both the previous arc and this arc, because he's just kind of a figurehead, and he shows up at big important meetings and says stuff, but we don't get to know the man behind those words and actions very well. So I've taken sort of, and I didn't really realize I was doing it until I looked back at some of my older notes, but I've been looking for indications about Yamamoto's character kind of throughout this watch through. So something I noticed this time was, so he's, he appears on the, the Stranger Things TV that is inexplicably plugged into the wall in Orihime's bedroom. Like the fact that those like ropey, ropey cord wire things, which are so, so big, like they're stuck to the walls. I'm like, what kind of outlet does that require and why is it here That's, how did you do this i don't it's ridiculous so the the metaphysics of that notwithstanding yamamoto appears via this emergency channel uh monitored by reen of the 12th division shout out love reen um uh uh uh, uh the little ponytail person whose who's gender and pronouns i don't actually know i realize but i think that's a he him person anyway super cute um uh uh yamamoto is speaking with Toshiro and then eventually with Orihime and is like, oh yes, this concerns you too. Okay, so going through this breakdown, revealing all of this information, we get to see the gay husbands of the old Gote 13 for forever in the library discovering things. Yay, good for them. And um, what Yamamoto says is like, Orihime, by the way, this concerns humans because can you go and tell Ichigo kind of thing. And so... The, the quick turnaround, like, I know that Soul Society is down with Ichigo now. Like, they're not considering him a rogue invader or whatever. We're well past that. But the fact that 
Yamamoto had so many people out ready to strike Ichigo down not long ago during the Soul Society arc. And then he just turns around and is like, oh, this boy, this literal minor is a resource that I can dispatch. So I'm just going to say to his friend, who is also... Uh, like underage and like is is a school age person with unusual powers i'm gonna say to her hey can you can you just like can you just ask your super powerful friend to do us a little favor like there's just a there's a level of like it doesn't feel comfy like there's there's a level of um i just feel like yamamoto uses people how does that differ from Urahara and your wheat chain things then? It doesn't. I don't think it does. Right. Yeah. No, I think Urahara is a shady bitch too. <laughs> I do. Yeah, no. I, I think he's a shady bitch who gets more screen time and who has a nicer personality. Yamamoto makes I was gonna say Yamamoto makes no bones about it, but that's kind of not true. Like he's there's a def, there's a level of like absolute authority that Yamamoto insists on and he's very very loud about the kind of power he has Urahara is far subtler I also think Urahara is leaps and bounds smarter than Yamamoto and that probably makes a difference but so I maybe I I read into this different I really like your point though and I I do agree with it my point when I first saw this my first thought went to Yamamoto not that he had necessarily learned from what had happened before about listening to people and and trying to do things or involve other people without it thinking that it always has to be him that's calling the shots but I thought that like him asking Orihime to stay because it involved her was his way of saying I know that you are going to be getting involved anyway whether I want you to or not so I'm just going to like like give you the information so that it's there and it's up front and I'm being honest about it and then he's like hey Toshiro also by the way Momo's here she wants to speak to you which seems Mm. very out of character for him to like even let that be a meeting that would fucking happen through his important call but he did it and I was like is this him trying to like gain not gain favor back but like trying to adapt himself into okay right manipulate Uh, maybe yeah I suppose I guess um, I don't trust this bastard. I really don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I me. Mean, what's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying, though. That like to to a person who is less skeptical and more optimistic than I, that argument definitely doesn't make <laughs> a lot of sense. Yeah, I think like sort of Yamamoto has the audacity to ask a 15 year old for help again. And it's a case of they. He obviously realizes that they can't defeat this by themselves. And I don't know. Maybe it's taking a such a big kind of deal for him to ask for help for someone who is like he's recognizing Ichigo's power and he's recognizing that they can't do this alone. And for once in however long they've had the Soul Society, that they need outside help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole kind of. Momo thing. I don't know if maybe it was advised on behalf of a medical profession, say professional, say like Unahana, um, f- in order to help aid in Momo's recovery and help aid right. with Momo to speak to someone. And because Hitsugaya is in the world of the living, he's not able to help her with that kind of therapy. That Unahana ha- suggested that maybe this could be a way that 
Momo could still get the help she needs. Yeah. But it was Unohana just... or or Ukitake TBH because we haven't seen much, but like Ukitake and Toshiro actually have a have a nice working relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And Ukitake knows a lot about like recuperation from from medical setbacks. So Yeah. Do we there may not be anything to say about it, but this is the first time we learn that Soul Society has a royal family and a king. Oh yeah, that's kind of important, isn't it? <laughs> it just, yeah, a little just bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I bet um, you they're fucking moochers as abstract. <laughs> well, I love how it's in that I love how Yamamoto says it. He's like, they're symbolic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everything yeah. is left to like the Gote thirteen and the Sun of Forty Six and the Soul King is just symbolic at this point as well as absolute like why yeah. what a bananas thing to say <laughs> yeah so a, a king <laughs> a, um a king that we call soul king yep yep so soul king you just, you just put soul in front of everything and yep. then it fits into the world <laughs> perfect <laughs> Oh. Toshiro Hitsugaya, I'm speaking to you through this soul TV. Like, buddy. <laughs> Although, you have to admit, uh. Yamamoto's side of the TV had much more class. It looked as though he'd just opened up a Senkaiman. And his, it really did, yeah. And he was just talking. It reminded me of, like, flu powder communication. <laughs> mm. Oh, gosh. This is why we love the 12th Division. They are genuinely very good at what they do. (laughs) For real, for real. I've got a little point about, because I feel like this episode is where it starts, right? These three episodes, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but these three episodes are very much hinting at Orihime being important. Like, oh yeah. we're getting a oh, lot of yeah. set up for Orihime and her powers here. Like it, it started small in this episode. It started very small. It started with Rukia, who had been looking for Ichigo, couldn't sense his spiritual pressure anywhere, but Orihime could. And she had yeah. been feeling it this whole time, but she knew that, you know, that it wasn't in danger. Um so wherever Ichigo is, Orihime can feel his spiritual pressure through the barrier. And then obviously as, it, as the episodes progress, we start to see that actually, you know, Orihime can, because she's got a very similar power, can even go through the barrier. So that's why she was able to pick up on Ichigo's spiritual pressure when Rukia couldn't. Um, but it's, it seems to be laying that gl- groundwork. We're getting a lot of it these three episodes of Orihime's kind of important, despite people telling her she's not. Yeah. It's like that thing that, like, this happens all the time in, in media. It's when people, like, set up this character to be really good and really kind, and then you're like, oh, fuck, they're going to die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, something's going to happen to them. It feels like right. it's got that kind of similar vibes. Right, right, right. And that was one of my final notes for this episode, actually. Other than the hollow Ichigo, like, thing, the shell, as he breaks out of the shell, it reminded me a lot of, like, an exoskeleton of, like, an insect. So, you know, like, how they sometimes have yeah, to grow. And they, they break out of the shell, and then they're, they're bigger and better. So I could almost see Ichigo's metaphorical wings after he broke out of that sort of exoskeleton of the hollow. Um, mm, which cool. I thought was really Very cool. That's yeah. a good analogy. Thank you. I was proud of that. Yeah. Mm, mm. I like that a lot. Mm. But that was all the episode notes I had for this one. I've got eh, one and a half more. Hmm. One and a half. I love that. <laughs> one, Go for one it. One and a half more. One is just a <laughs> yeah, funny sure. side note that I thought was absolutely hilarious and also kind of disgusting at the same time. Mm. And it's oh, right good. back at the start when Ichigo is fighting in quotation marks um, Kenpachi. Mm. And Kenpachi does this really creepy tongue lick. And it's just, <laughs> it's just so like wet and moist. And it's just like, 
And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, it's also, but it's so, like, it's instinct again. That's such a primal thing to do. Like, no filter, let's just fucking send it. Like, Kenpachi doesn't care, and Ichigo shouldn't either, and that's the point of that fight. Yeah. To, like, get back to those base instincts, you know? Yeah. Even if it is kind of gross sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and then... My last note was we, as you, um, we said like you know Ichigo's got a time crunch and he's got this thing to do and we got, we got a time drop. He said Yamamoto tells tells us or someone tells us that we've got four months, um, basically, um, and that mm-hmm. the Hogyoku is going to be in this dormant state and won't fully awaken for these four months. And I feel like that kind of setting this t- that time frame is important because it then allows us to see, you know, how long we've got and how long until things are going to start happening. It's, what, August, September now in the anime? Not in real life. We know it's September. It's kind of sad. <laughs> um, sad? <but> it's... <laughs> I love Virgo season. <laughs> September's nice. I love I love autumn. I just don't like... How everyone's already talking about Christmas. Oh, <laughs> Nobody's see, doing that, Nomi. Nobody's doing that. I'm not what doing conversation that. were you reading yesterday, Lenny? <laughs> oh. Well, last month was the first month of Halloween. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I love Halloween. Fucking love um, Halloween. So, yeah, oh. we've got basically four months. So, until December, basically, is when they're theorizing that the war is going to be Sad, a claw's coming to town. And by sad, a claw's, I mean Aizen coming to deliver death to 100,000 souls. It's fine. Wait, but you guys have seen yeah. the, the Bleach Brave Souls art of various characters wearing Santa suits, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, yeah I actually, Geisha sent me one as a Christmas card. I have Toshiro up on my shelf in his Santa suit. Oh, good. They're, they're very good. They're very good. It's the reindeers that get me. They're adorable. They're so fucking cute. Hiyori as a reindeer. Just just picture that, people, if you haven't seen it. Just picture Hiyori as a reindeer. She's not uh, living for that at all. She's no. not stoked. <laughs> she's really not. Uh. But yeah, so yeah. Four months. Bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I also just want to acknowledge that this is the first episode in which, in the post-credits, we get the Arankar Encyclopedia <laughs> with Ginichimaru, which I just love. Uh, glad Gin gets more screen time. Glad we get to learn more about Arankars. It's all good. What's not to love? I do like the encyclopedias. They're kind of better sometimes than the, like, cons picture guide and... I don't give a shit about Cone's picture guy. Yeah. I don't. I like I like the ones that are actually serious, and you actually get to see a little yes! bit of insight to what goes on in the Soul Society, and like yeah. little bits of characters. But there's one that we just had, the erotic manly guide, where he takes over Han- Hanato's body. That was Did, yeah, yeah. It was good for showing yeah. us. Uh, that wait, Hanato's okay, but wait, actually, back up, wait. Did you talk? You may not have talked about. Did you talk about how we learn about like the dope shit Hanatro Sampakto does in the post credit scene? Like, what was that structurally? What was that choice? Yeah. So weird. Yeah, we were oh. talking about it because I was like, why didn't he use that? Like, he could have been like absorbing stuff like from from Ichigo's wounds to fire back at like Bloody. the Aki and stuff. But anyway, it's fine. He was too stressed, probably. Poor boy. Bless him. Bless him. Uh, okay, so speaking of stressed, unless are we are we good to move on to the next episode, or are there anime and manga differences? Was I doing manga, manga and anime differences, Nomi? 
I've done them just in case you forgot. Oh but my your god, name was did I for them? Oh shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's did okay. You, you did do them then because I did fucking forget. <laughs> I it was I was halfway through doing them yesterday and I was like, let me just double check I am doing this and I saw that your name and I was like, ah, I'll continue just in case because I know you've had a rough week. So I was like, I'll, Thank I'll do you. them and help out. Lifesaver. <laughs> okay. So oh there's quite a few for this one. It's interesting to say the least. So, um, there's just a few little bits with, um, there's a, a missed panel that I thought was really, really sweet in the manga. And it's when Ohime's kind of just talking to herself and she's trying to like prep herself up. And she's like, oh, um, Chad and Ishida haven't been at school either. She's like, maybe I should take the day off too. I'm feeling left out. And then her thoughts kind of drift to Tatsuki. And she's like, oh, Tatsuki's feeling down. I know I'll go visit her tomorrow and help and see what's fine and see what's wrong with her and help cheer her up. And I thought that was like a really sweet kind of friendship moment between her and Tatsuki that she's putting, she's worried for Tatsuki because she's noticing that Tatsuki's been da feeling down. Um, another difference is that we don't actually see Rin in the manga. The Rin being there is anime only and we just hear oh, a voice. Man! Yeah, I know. I kind of like Rin. Rin's adorable. <laughs> Rin's so cute. I fucking, I love, that's the other thing I'm realizing in this watch through is like, I knew that I vibed with the 12th. I really like the 12th. <laughs> I really do. Right, well, you're not changing. You're in the 13th right now, Dale. You're oh, no, <laughs> excuse me. Have you seen my icon? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and then we move on to the big one. And it is the whole scene with Ukitaki and Nanao and Kuraku and Sentaro and Kiyoni. Yeah. All of that is anime only. No! That's, that's great. Cool. The the right. way the news about what the um, Oaken is and how it's delivered is all done via Yamamoto in that conversation. But the way it's done is like Yamamoto talks... But then Rangiku has something to say and Rangiku contributes, contributes to the conversation. And then Toshiro contributes to the conversation. And then Ohime contributes to the conversation. So it's like everyone's getting a little bit of peace into this, how the exposition of what an Oaken is and how it's created. Oh, I like that, actually. It is. And That's I cool. do, like, although it was nice to see um, Kuraku and Okitaki and Nana all there and helping with the weird television monitors and everything that they had and finding out via that way kind of like the manga better with how everyone had a, like the one piece to say and how everyone got a little bit of exposition of the reactions yeah. and speaking and it made Rangiku as well it added something to her character because of course we always see Rangiku as this person who likes likes to drink she likes to like sleep have naps on the couch of her captain's office but seeing her in the manga in this scene brought so much more to her character and made her see that yes this is the seriousness that we know Rangiku has and this is why she is a lieutenant mm. and it elevated her queen status mm -hmm. just a little bit yeah I like that yeah mm. that would I like that structurally see. yeah um, and then we don't actually see that it's Momo in the manga until next chapter. <gasps> it stopped. Whoa. Well, yeah, I guess we don't get that conversation until the next episode yeah. either, so fair enough. Because but... in the anime, the camera like starts at the feet and pans up, and then you see it's Momo's face, so you know at the end of the episode that Momo is there, and Momo and Toshio are going to have this conversation. Whereas in the manga, all you see is the feet, so it could be anybody. 
Mm. And then this one really made me laugh. The whole four months, the hog Yuko lays dominant. Dominant? In, dormant. <laughs> dormant. <laughs> Not yet. From the the journey from dormant to dominant, I suppose. Um, we actually learn that Yamamoto states in the manga that it's actually a Mayuri who has done this research, and Mayuri is saying that it's going to take four months. And I'm like, you're going to be taking advice <gasps> from someone who hasn't actually created or has nothing to do with the Hogyoku, and you're going to take her advice over how long it's going to well, else... wake up. <laughs> but yeah, it's and it's just that one little line that it's mentioned four months in the anime but it doesn't actually say who found out the information so i thought <laughs> but it was pretty cool that it was mayori i mean it, it makes sense like he's like he's got to be like the head researcher right mm-hmm. at, at this point and what's yamamoto gonna do make use of his resources and reach out to urahara mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i see that going down well right right because like which honestly that's a that's a fair point because yamamoto is interfacing with Ichigo and Yamamoto probably knows that Yoruichi was back in Soul Society for a second. So, like, Yamamoto definitely knows that Urahara's bopping around, but he's not choosing to engage with that. Okay. I wonder if that means Yamamoto knows other things as well. Oh, probably. Well, are you talking about the visors or something else? Yes, but I don't want to go into spoilers. No, of course. No, no, I didn't think you were. No, but like, I think, I think that's a question that, that bears asking because like we've seen that. So A, I think Yamamoto, we've never, we have not up to now seen Yamamoto ever go to the world of the living. And we know that the Visards are chilling in the world of the living, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think, because like for all, for all intents and purposes, it seems to me that it's, it's sort of like, it's not literally a different dimension, but it's sensing spiritual pressure from soul society into the world of the living would be a would be an endeavor and perhaps even like borderline impossible. So I like it, it's not shocking to me that Yamamoto is not able to be like, ah, yes, I'm chilling in soul society and I can just pinpoint this warehouse, which is literally on a different, like not plane of existence, but like almost. So yeah, no matter, no matter why Yama, I, I feel like Yamamoto actually doesn't know where the visards are yeah i think that seems fair to assume but he also might maybe he's just being a bitch (laughs) who knows um (laughs) uh okay uh do you have any more anime and manga differences nomi no that's that's that for that one Okay, great. Um, so now I think we should probably move on to the next episode, and I don't see why we shouldn't just go in order, at least at first. Holy shit, let's talk about this conversation with Momo real quick. Um, so the initial thought that I had about this was, like, so, like, I guess not content warning exactly, but, like, this is some heavy shit, and we've already talked a little bit about mental health, and, like, I think that it is it makes sense to talk a little bit about emotional abuse in this situation. So like, if that is not a happy thing for you, uh, feel free to skip the next little segment of this podcast because, um, I felt, and like, I've, I've seen discourse about this, but it's been a long time since I actually went back and watched this conversation and like spent much time thinking about Momo and the aftermath of eyes and departing soul society. Um, she doesn't look great. She's got those bags under her eyes, as Toshiro points out. Like, she's not at her peak physically, of course. Um, but, like, 
the shift from that really lovely little banter about like you you have to sleep well so you can grow tall and them going back and forth and and calling each other by like familiar names and stuff like that was really lovely and then there's just a shift and Momo seems like very very like almost not like herself and like not okay and leaps to Aizen's defense and like camera angles and like how wide her eyes are and like make it all seem fairly unsettling I feel um so the two things that I uh want to highlight are like holy fuck what was that relationship that she had with her former captain and then question number two do you think there is any merit to her assertion that what Aizen is doing is bad but maybe he has a good reason for it those are two thoughts and questions that I wanted to put out there yeah I I I, literally my notes for this says um uh, Momo is batshit crazy that's (laughs) (laughs) that's my note I don't I think that's obviously yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's quite think... a cruel generalization but like yeah she does come across as startlingly frightening like it feels like he got his claws it's in kind of so scary. fucking yeah. deep yeah yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah it's really yeah. interesting actually because when i was out at lunch uh or sorry breakfast with some of the girls last weekend um there was one of my friends who has who has started a started a job that she was loving and she'd been doing it for two years she was doing really well in it and then this this male manager joined who she went under and slowly over time like she's now off work because of the mental abuse that's been happening and it's been like he's been chipping away at her a little bit at a time and what they do is they start by separating them from the people that they care about they start by separating them from their emotional support groups making them feel isolated and then they start chipping small pieces of the person away bit by bit at a time and i think eisen was just the world's best manipulator at it and i think he did it very well yeah Mm. yeah yeah i mean from this you can certainly see just how deep eisen's hold on momo was because her first instinct is to like saying hey please don't kill him yes and and she believes he can be saved. She asks Toshiro to save him, which means she believes he can be saved. Yeah. And, like, I can I can kind of see how, like, as Aizen's lieutenant, Aiz, um, Momo might have had, like, some inner knowledge, or now that she knows kind of what his Zanpakuto does, she might think that maybe this whole thing is the Zanpakuto's fault. And that mm. the Zanpakuto is the one who's actually okay. hypnotizing Aizen. And maybe that kind of, that she's creating up all these kind of stories and plausible just to kind of justify his Except actions. Except for the fact that a Zanpakuto is, an, is a manifestation of what you're like as a person. Mm. So blaming something on a Zanpakuto is almost backwards logic, which by the way is something I wanted to circle back around to later uh, because Kisuke offers us a little uh-huh. insight into his Zanpakuto yeah. and so I was like, whoa buddy if that's a reflection of your soul, what does that say about you? But we'll we'll put a pin in that for a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's it's it's, She's doing some backwards logic, yo. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you can you can just see how deep it's gone and I don't know the what Toshiro said because they were doing fine and then there was there was something Toshiro said that just kind of triggered it 
and I can't remember what it was. Uh, I, oh, geez. I can't, because well, that's just it. Like, the shift was so quick. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a note about what it was either. Like, one second, things were very, very chill, and then they were very, very not. Like That's what it was. It's, at the drop of a hat. Yeah, it's yeah. when he finally switched to saying, I'm not, it's Captain Hitsugaya now. It's the moment yeah. he said that, reminded her that he's Captain. You know how they always had that playful banter of, I'm Captain, you shouldn't call me just Hitsugaya, you shouldn't call me Toshiro. Yeah. That was the yeah. trigger. And as soon as he said, I'm Captain Hitsugaya, that was the shift. Wild. Wild. Oof, 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 oof. Wow. Yeah. Here we go. Just going to hug her. <laughs> I know. God, she needs help. We'll make you cookies. It's okay. Mm, please. Yeah. I'll admit I didn't really so, have much notes for Momo um, in this episode, but it was just—it was more just like the realization that actually I know somebody now that's gone through a very similar stage as her. That's given me a lot more empathy for her character. Hmm. But yeah, one hundred percent. But um, there was a lot of like that was a very serious kind of intro to this episode, and then there's a lot of stuff that I feel like just gets dropped without a lot of explanation. Oh like, my god, this episode drops so much noise, uh, so much, right? So much. Like, yeah. can we touch on Urahara's bankai getting mentioned? <laughs> 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 yes, I wanted to. Absolutely, yes. What did you have to say about I, that? I one, literally then? was just like, because I, I. I it felt like it was like thrown, and this is something that like I've been trying to explain to people about like Japanese media versus Western media. See, when we want to have a reveal in Western media, we're like, oh, a big fanfare, right? But in, it's so subtle in Japan, and that's why I, right, love, I love it. I, I love, love it so it. much. You've yeah. got to actually yeah. Yeah. dig to pick things up, and you gotta and, earn it. Yeah, you got to earn it. You've got to be paying attention because actually, one line of dialogue can go by so quick, and they could be like talking mm. about the weather for the way their tones are, but actually, what they're dropping is fucking important. Um, mm. And Urahara's just like, yeah, like you'd be better off suited to training him because my bankai isn't suited to training people or helping people for that matter. And then he, like, agrees to exchange with Renji, like, you can ask me questions, you've got these burning questions for me, I'll answer any questions you have if you train this guy, mm-hmm. because I can't train him. And Right. And and there's, like, in that, and, and it's like, what, that that's on screen for 50 seconds, and I'm like, there's so much in there to unpack, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, well, because they're, they're, yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's 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 very very sneaky, and it's also like so. The way that Urahara reveals this in particular is that like I think of this as being a fairly iconic panel because I've been an Urahara stand for a hot second. But the bit when he's like, "Me? How could a handsome and perverted <laughs> shopkeeper like me be able to use Bonkot? Like, okay, buddy, sure. Like that's funny. That's whatever. And Renji is looking at that kind of like. Buddy, no, I know you were a captain. We all know you created the Hogyoku. Like, what are you doing? And then Urahara does drop that facade a little. But then this is the one line of dialogue that I was like, what? Because he goes, okay, fine. Acknowledging that you know what I'm capable of. I'm going to tell you straight. My Bankai isn't good for training people or helping people. What does that say about this man? Mm-hmm, the reflection of mm-hmm. his inner soul isn't good at helping people or training people like is it is it because it's manipulative is it because it's too destructive is it like it is not a nice helpful bonkai is what we're getting out of this like yeah so even so like we so at the very least i feel like we can glean that it's because we've seen like the i feel like the bonkai that stand out like we've seen byakuya we've seen renji we've seen mayori we've seen ikaku and None of them are, like, nice. Like, the point of a bankai isn't usually to be nice, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But even if it were something as out of the box as Mayuri, who is also captain of the 12th division, so like that's probably the best counterexample I can come up with. Like, suppose it were something like Mayuri's, which is like poison and incapacitation and like gross imagery and all of this. Like, even that, like, Chad learning how to fight against that would probably be useful at the end of the day. And like it might fuck him up physically, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an absolute disaster, right? Like it would be it would be unpleasant, but it would be useful training. So what the fuck can Kisuke's Bankai do? Yeah. If he doesn't feel comfortable using it to to train people. Yep. Huh. Mm. Huh. And, like, what does that mean about how Kisuke feels about himself as a person? What kind of morals does he hold? What are his motivations? This is also, like, the, like what did he have to do to create the Hogyoku, which is something we know he's done? And, like, if he and Aizen are engaging in similar activities, what does that mean about similarities between these two people? Because we know that Aizen's morals are a little bit out of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. God, Urahara's fucking fascinating. Yeah, it is. How many layers to everybody? Like, no one really so far is just one one layer. No one's really 2D. Everyone's got certain different elements. I raise you Keigo Asano, but I, I hear okay, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don Kanoji. <laughs> not like- no, that's actually not true. Don Kanoji has fucking layers. What am I saying? <laughs> sorry, but, sorry, sorry. Yeah, like the majority of characters, like characters who make an impact. Yeah. Even if yeah. they're Don Kanoji. Who Don still Kanoji makes, an, makes impact, an impact, you know. He kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but... I mean, speaking of similarities and powers then, um, Kisuke said something about Chad. He's talking about Chad. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's talking um, about Chad's powers. And he says that his powers aren't like that of a Soul Reaper or a Quincy. Mm-hmm. It's as if your powers are. And then he breaks off. This is... The- Specifically Ooh. in the manga. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what it is in the anime. But specifically in the manga, he goes, He does yes, the same. He does the same. I, I think it does. I took a note as well. Yes, yes, and yes. then the very next thing you see is Ichigo's hollow's mask. Yep, exactly. The anime does the same thing. And mm-hmm. it's almost as if it's implying that Chad's powers are hollow-like and has hollow Chad elements. is half Mexican! It's called Waco Mundo! And everybody's speaking Spanish! Can I... I this is not... Yeah! I'm <laughs> also going to raise you one more and state that when Hachi is talking about Orihime's powers, and yes. Hachi says that Orihime's spiritual pressure is very similar to his bower-making skills, which is something, yes. different, something different to Kido that he created after becoming a visor. So mm-hmm. that yeah, leads me to believe is. that Hachi's bower-making skills have a hint of his inner hollow, his hollow powers. Meaning that Orihime's powers could also have hollow elements to it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, very real. I interpreted that differently. So you've got these two characters, Orihime and Chad, who have got these other characters who are comparing powers, and they're all saying that they're almost hollow-like. And then you've got Ichigo, who is practically fighting a hollow. I thought of the. 
Hachi situation differently. I didn't read Hollow into that. I read um, human and human adjacent into that uh, because my interpretation was that, so yes, uh, that happened to Holly, uh, excuse me, that happened to Hachi after he gained his Hollow mask. Um, but my interpretation was he wasn't able to do that until he spent some time in the world of the living. And Orihime is, for all we know, human. So I wondered whether that was a power that arose from, like, kindness and humanity of some sort. Because <laughs> mm. I definitely read into it that Hachi's barrier-making skills are different to that of Kido. It was just the way it was yeah, 100%. phrased that he has yes. this other power that is that a Kido master like Yukitaki or Aizen aren't going to be able to do because it's his own brand mm. of magic, shall we say. Right, right. And then it was just... I just wasn't getting hollow from that, is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it was just the way that it was, like, after uh, something I created after I became a visor. So, I mean, you could be completely right. It could be human adjacent, and it could have that hu humanity element to it. But I was just seeing the hollow yeah. element because of the whole conversation that we just had with, like, Chad and... Kisuke and totally. that hollow it as well. Yeah, I sort of, because I, I was thinking about um, the, the, the relationship that Hachi's powers and Orihime's powers have a little bit, because the fact that Orihime can just slip through Hachi's barrier is genuinely weird. Uh, and I found myself thinking, so, so, like, we don't, we don't really know too much about the Visards as individuals. We don't know uh, what their relationships and their friendships and their their day-to-day -day lives were like. Um, like, we barely know what they're like now. We just have those little glimpses. But we certainly don't know what they were like before they all came to live together in this warehouse. Um, and so Orihime kind of burst into her powers when she had to protect and care for somebody that she cared about. That was Tatsuki, like, way back a million years ago at the beginning of the first arc. And... Um, I, so, so we've seen, especially, like, if you just think about how quickly and how um, uh, it practiced and just, like, taken for granted those movements were when, like, when Hiori was in trouble, when Ichigo was attacking her, and all of them were like, boom, no, absolutely not, and they were just there. So we haven't seen much of these visors, but they are close, and they care about each other. We know that much. And so I sort of wonder whether uh, this kind of, like, protective uh, uh, energy comes about when you find people that you really, really care for. And I wonder whether, like, Hachi's closeness to these visards is what allowed him to put together the formulae and the practice and, um, and the energy flow that he needed to create this barrier to keep the people that he loves safe, similarly to the way that Orihime was able to keep Tatsuki safe-ish. Like his found family, because... You yeah. Oh my god, found family for days. I, yeah. Excuse me. Hi, my name is Dell, and I'm gay and I love the Visards. Yeah, like, come on. Like, yeah, Hondo P. Absolutely, absolutely. But, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, found families. We love found families. All good. We do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and speaking um, of found oh. families, uh, Shinji. Ooh, yes. <laughs> hey. No, it's just a... <laughs> mention his name uh, Shinji uh, said that Orihime was his first love I thought that was hilarious did anybody oh. else laugh at that I thought it was really funny I... when he did it it was just yeah. it, it's also the yes. way that everybody else reacted as if to yeah. say 
It, it, no, she's not. Like, no, she's not. And, and see that to like, every cute girl. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's done this before. Yeah, he does this all so the time. That's obviously his pickup line, and he always like, wait, you've never said it to me. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. Which I, yeah, like, so I, unsurprisingly, I like, I get it. A lot of people ship Shinji and Hiori. Great, cool, go off. I ship and let ship. But I think it is indicative of the fact that, like, so we've seen them yell at each other. We've seen them bicker and banter uh, and try to one-up each other all the time. But, like, Shin- Shinji has never said that to Hiori. Like, they, that, they have, that, that, it is small. Su- like, again, subtle detail. One line. Nothing. That is a, that is a serious reflection of how close those two actually are. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Whether it's romantic yeah. or just a very, very deep friendship, it could be either both. It, yeah, they, it can be but either live way. for so long. Who knows? Yeah. Definitely. It doesn't matter. The point is there's a deep relationship there, uh, and it is observable because of a throwaway line of dialogue. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he has to say it to her because he assumes that right. he already, she already knows it type thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that thing of like, I can say anything to you because we both know that we love each other no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> um, all right, cool. So uh, I, the only other thing that I wanted to say about uh, this section before we dip into Quincy land real quick um, is, uh, uh, so Orihime has this conversation with Ichigo, relays this information about the Oken, um, and observes that, uh, he doesn't feel as dark and scary and rough as he did before, his energy. Um, she acknowledges that a change has taken place and that his spiritual energy doesn't feel like it did way back when Ichigo first gained Soul Reaper powers. Uh, but there's there's a level of like, I'm okay with this now, and Ichigo is making forward progress that I read from Orihime's interpretation of that. So like, confirmed Ichigo is doing a damn good job with this hollow training finally you know mm-hmm. like that's that's nice that's the that's the first reassurance we've had of that in a while definitely and I'll come back to that in a manga anime difference Ooh! but it's gone to Quincy's okay uh okay all right yeah so <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the other thing that I think is really silly about these episodes is like we're just jumping around from one secret training facility to the next and I know <laughs> podcast before i know it has but the fact that this whole fucking episode takes place in three separate secret training facilities is ridiculous it's true it is so silly it is so silly um uh quincy's are dramatic and extra across the board is i think what we is our primary takeaway here uh because this is also not the first time we've just seen Udiu bopping around. He's like, ah, oh, yes, in order to fight effectively, I do have to have my shirt fully open. Go off, boy. Like, sure, great, good for you. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think all, all that, there's not, I don't feel that there's much to say about this. Like, I don't even think we learn that much about Quincy powers or Quincy uh techniques we see some of them but they all just kind of like have little poetic moments and then some massive like german culmination at the end like great uh like volke grits i don't know what that actually means i just know they're explosions of blue light that don't hit ryuken um but uh uh at the very least we do so we do get to see so so the pro of the way that ryuken is going about this 
Uh, wearing Uryu down physically and mentally and then shooting him very close to his heart is the way to restore Quincy powers. Okay, like, why do you know that? And B, <laughs> really? That's the best way? Okay. Uh, and then on the flip side, like, I'm just so mad at Ryuken because <sighs> Uryu was trying really hard and and maybe his techniques aren't perfect, but the fact that Uryu is, like, collapsed on the ground and his dad looks at him and goes you're you're stupid like he's like you he act he's he i know that he he does help Uriya restore his powers at the end of the day but like i think in the english one shit, he calls dude. him he calls him pathetic oh which is awful. awful which is so yeah, bad both are and, awful. and so that's why i've dubbed him uh dr dick <laughs> oh what an Ryukin, asshole Ryukin makes other dads look like cuddly blankets <laughs> I like yeah it's uh, he's so fucking cold yeah and he doesn't offer explanation like uh, like wh- why are you ta- Udi, you didn't ask for this bullshit man like why are you being he didn't he is actually trying his best and you're not going to acknowledge that one time oh he let him live that's not enough <laughs> and I'm not sorry <laughs> Oh, wow. So, helpfully, Uryu will be able to rejoin this fight, assuming that his father was honest about the restoration of these Quincy powers. But holy shit. <sighs> yeah, it was an awful way to go about it. Like, I feel I feel bad for him, because like, everybody else at least has... They're fighting people that at least, like, are em- semi-empathetic to their situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Whereas poor he has been locked in this chamber with an abusive father just, yeah, dodging bullets, effectively. But Ishida's right. also getting these powers back, and his dad's put on the stipulation that he's not allowed to go help the Shinigami anyway. So if Ishida follows his dad's wishes, he's not going to be part of the fight anyway, because he's not allowed to help the Shinigami. Mm. Well, sure, but I guess at this point, now that we know that all of Karakura Town is going to be impacted, that's yeah. also where uh, 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 Doctor Doctor Dick Dad's <laughs> hospital is located. Uh, and oh, so you were going to say Doctor Doofenshmirtz? Be... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, statistically likely, I feel like things pop up everywhere. <laughs> Dan Povenmire, if you listen to this podcast, please give us a shout out. I love you. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, I don't know what's happening. I will see now. I'm just. <laughs> Have you never seen Terry the Club, um, Phineas and Ferb laughing? Uh, uh, oh god. Like, yeah, I've seen like one or two episodes, but. Okay. That's... Okay, but here, I'm imagining. Okay. So, okay. So we, 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 this is a long episode, so we don't have time for too many tangents. But I'm imagining, I'm imagining Kisuke like rolling up back to Soul Society. Just picture this: Kisuke rolling up, great, good for him. Uh, he's he's not wearing his hat. He's wearing a haori. He looks great. He looks he is beauty. He is grace. He has a big ass smirk on his face, and he comes up into uh, the first division. And Yamamoto is like, "Oh, who are you, Captain of the Twelfth Division?" And then he puts on his hat, and then he goes, "Urahara Kisuke, Captain of the Twelfth Division," or something like that. It's so silly. Either that or you. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, my point is, it would be, uh, it, 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 would, it would not, it would not be, uh, uh, beneficial to the business that is the, that is medicine, because we don't treat people, we just make money. 
uh, uh, for the hospital to be destroyed. So uh, Uryu could justify stepping in. It's a, it's a economically responsible, fiscally responsible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least it doesn't have to go too far to get patched up. (laughs) It's like breaking down in a car outside the RAC um, call center, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, if that's it, I can go on to manga anime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so a first one is it's just a small little panel, but it holds so much to holds so much more for Ohime in the sense that when she's running away from the visors and before she runs into Yorichi, um the manga has this one little panel of um I have to get stronger too. And it's just her resolve that she's just seen Ichigo getting stronger. She's just felt his spiritual pressure and how different his spiritual pressure is. And that just suddenly clicks and she's like, I have to get stronger too. And then Yoruichi comes in and takes her to Kisuke and Kisuke is like, uh, no. And it just has so much more of an impact. Yeah, it's true. That would fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the final one is just I don't it's I don't know if it's like translation or just the way it's worded, but in the anime Ryukin says this is the only way to regain the powers lost um, after the final form. Whereas in the manga he says it's the only way to regain the sp- regain the spiritual powers lost while in this final form. So oh, the manga is okay. implying that. Ishida is still in this Quincy Lejdile, like he's still in this final form, which was interesting. But as I say, it could just be a translation error. It could just be a little bit of word usage here and there, but it was something I picked up on that it says while in Quincy. And I'm like, he's still in his final form. Huh. But that's all I had for one, two, six. Oh, wait, no, there's another one. The whole banter with Hitsugaya and the whole Momo saying, Rangiku's a freak of nature, Um, Ah! (laughs) which I loved. But it's also anime only. It literally just goes from, hey, how are you? You know, you've got bags under your eyes. Um, Call me Captain Hitsugaya to don't hurt Aizen. There's not that banter. And I kind of like that banter in the anime because it... Mm adds to her peeling process, it adds to the therapy that she's actually having a proper com- mm. conversation with someone who she cares deeply about and someone who cares deeply for her. And it, they don't have that in the manga. That's it. All good. Cool. Yeah, and then I, I guess that brings us into 127 then. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'll kick this one off because this was one that I was like wo- most I was going to say, this is the one you were excited yeah. for, isn't it? Yeah. This is the one I was very excited for. Um... And, and it's because of the Rukia and Orihime scene. I think that's a, the predominant part. So we've got, you know, poor Orihime has been, like, transported from pillar to post and and told, you know, that she's not going to... She she's, she can't cut it in a fight. Uh, which is fair, you know, mm. like, your Orihime... Mm. You know, your healer being on the front line is dangerous, especially if you've got no combat experience. I understand mm. where Urahara was coming from, even if he was a bit of a cock when he, when he, the way he did it. Um, mm. but, like, when she runs outside and she runs into Rukia, Rukia sort of takes her away and they have a chat, and Rukia's like, man, or Urahara, that, that get, but then she turns around and she tries to treat Orihime like Ichigo, and probably Renji, I can imagine she does this to Renji too, when she tries <laughs> oh, to snap them point. out of her funk, she, like, manhandles Orihime, and then when Orihime just gets visibly more upset, 
Rookie I kinda has this moment of, oh, I can't I can't be this way with you. I've I've got to like the only way to get through to you is, is I've got to be different, I've got to be softer. And then she has this moment where she sort of sinks down to Orihime's level, makes eye contact, you know, holds her cheek and tells her that she'll work with her to find a way and that if it wasn't for Orihime being part of that fight, then Rookie wouldn't be there today. And I mm. love this scene because we get to see that change in Rukia's character as well. Because up until now, like, we know that she's really good at inspiring people and encouraging people, but we've only ever seen it with, really, with Ichigo. Um, and, and it's been when she's been sort of kicking the shit out of him because she knows that's what works for him. But it's like that little bit of us getting to see that softer side of her where she's like, she can actually, she can adapt to whoever it is that she's speaking to. And um, yeah. and it's it's a really nice friendship moment between her and Orihime, and just that acknowledgement of like Rukia saying to Orihime, you know, if it wasn't for any one of you, I wouldn't be here right now. And it kind of gave me those same feels back to when Orihime had that conversation with Ichigo about going to get Rukia out of the Soul Society to begin with, and I just thought it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nice that they had a little moment to. I think I think it was a cool moment to shine for Rukia because she hasn't been in a position to take that initiative much over the past couple of arcs, really, because she's been either like she she has she hasn't really been able to step into her power, and here she's like she I like I wonder if she's trying to be the kind of not older sister figure exactly, but you know older mentor with similar experience that she maybe never had oh my god what if this was like what miyako shiba was like for rukia remember how rukia was like i always looked up to miyako and miyako was really great yeah i wonder whether maybe she's trying to like pay it forward can you imagine oh my gosh my heart hell no Excuse me, but 75% of my physical makeup is sad squad 13 headcanons. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, and then it just hits even harder when you think of this is maybe what Rukia needed all along, but all she's ever really exactly. known is like to Bayakia's yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ouch. You're welcome. No. <laughs> Don't, don't say you're welcome for that. <laughs> also, right, okay. Just to, to lighten the mood a little, let's lighten the mood. Uh, Hyori can fly. Can we please talk about Bleachy's flying inconsistencies? For the little, oh. like, like, one minute it feels like the characters can only fall, then it's like they can fly, and then it's like, no, they, they have to use the reshi in the air to jump and to, to ground themselves. And I'm like, which, what fucking is it? Like, make your mind up. Kubo doesn't know. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the aging inconsistency thing again. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It, it, I, I, I couldn't help it when it happened. I was like, Team Rocket's blasting off again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is I a love bit that. that. That's it good. is a bit that. That's good. That's good. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally have just put in, ouch, Kisuke. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> After Urahara uh-huh. needs flirting lessons as well, he's fucking awful at it. That's what my note says. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's already, got, he's already but, got a consistent partner, so it doesn't matter what. <laughs> I think. I Whatever. Whatever. If you feel like... 
if anyone feels like Urahara and Yoruichi have never at least tried, I don't know what to tell you. That's yeah. all. <laughs> um, <sighs> but also, ouch, Renji. Like, mm. Renji yeah! takes Kisuke's side. And, like, you've got Chad, who's trying his hardest to stand up for Ohime. And then you've got Renji, who's like, Urahara's right. We have fourth. And they've had combat training. And it's like I mean he's got he's got points. I guess Renji's thinking about it from that perspective, isn't he? He's thinking about it from the military standpoint. Yeah. It's just that I mean, I would expect that from Renji. Like I would expect that in less tact from Renji, but I wouldn't expect it from Urahara who's spent a lot of time in the world of living and especially a lot of time around Orihime. To, 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 I mean, I think he'd done it on purpose. Like, I feel like there well, was a reason why he came across so strict with her. Yeah, yes. I will, I, yeah, exactly. Because I will also say, like, Urahara has a military background, too. He does, he does, he absolutely does. But I'm just saying that he's probably, like, he's had more time around Orihime in the world of the living than Renji has. I, I think, yeah. especially when you look at this, when you're reading the manga and how the manga's laid out, I think Kisuke is almost trying to protect her. I think so too. That's how I saw that. Because you've got this whole, I'm just going to quickly dip into a manga anime difference here, but you've got this whole... Yeah, please. You've got the whole conversation and all he makes like, it's fine, goodbye. And you've got her running away and then you've just got this panel of Kisuke just his eyes hooded from his hat. And then we go to Hueco Mundo and it's the Aizen scene where he's watching the footage of Ohime and Aizen's going, that's an interesting ability you have. Whereas in the manga, in the anime, we didn't see the scene until like almost at the end of the episode. Ooh, do you With... think that Urahara's trying to keep her away from the fight because he's worried what Aizen might think of her powers? Oh, that exactly. makes sense. That's, I, that's very yeah, clever. I think Kisuke is trying to protect... Because he knows Ohime's got this power and this power to reject. And if you combine that power with, I don't know, say something like the Hogyoku, who knows what Aizen could do with it. So yeah. he's trying to keep her away to stop Aizen from finding out or knowing so about this power. But Aizen already knows. It's less that she's not capable then and more that I need you to be away from the fight because I don't want Aizen to, to see what your power can do. Yeah. Right. Oh, and if he says better. that to her, that's better. she's less inclined to listen, honestly. Like, true. Uh, mm -hmm. He knows enough about the makeup of her character yes. to know that, like, hey, if I put this seed of doubt in your mind, you are going to beat yourself up about it and you are going to stay away. I know you well enough to know that this is going to work. Yeah. And I'm going to get what I want because I'm a Rahara Kisuke and I manipulate people sometimes. Because, yeah, it's just like, it's that whole Aizen thing is literally just four panels. It goes from Kisuke's face. Aizen saying that's an interesting ability you have, girl. I mean, he's a bit diminutive in the fact that she gets called a girl in the manga and it's woman I mean, she's in anime. 15. Uh, but then it oh, goes yeah. back to Kisuke and his thoughtful, pensive look again. So it's Aizen's sandwich between two pictures of Kisuke thinking. Mm, so it drives it home really well in the manga then. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Oh, that's that 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 makes a bit more sense. That feels better slightly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It agreed. still sucks, but it like for Orihime, but it feels better knowing that that's where Urahara was coming from. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that I'm saying that he wouldn't be capable of just being outright mean. I mean, look what the fuck he did to Rukia. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. No, truly, truly, truly. But yeah, it just it did seem a bit out of place, really, for him. 
to be Mm -hmm. like that. So that makes more sense. Yeah. He does very little without good reason. I truly think that. Yes, agreed. I've also got a little note here. Um... The green-haired visor is super fucking annoying, and she has your dad's Mashiro. Yeah, the yeah the bug yeah. one. Yeah, I her. She's not my favorite. She's <laughs> not my favorite. And I'm like, no. you have the audacity to call Orihime annoying? Have you met yourself? <laughs> she, uh, she just doesn't give a fuck. She's gonna do what she's gonna do. Yeah. I guess I'm getting a lot more empathetic towards Orihime. I never thought I would, but I am, and I'm like, I'm getting kind of protective over now. Aww, I like that for you. Is actually. an is an Ichiruki shipper that is groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> You've but come yeah. along so well. I'm I so have. Proud of you. I've come Not along a very long you. way, and and Orihime should be protected at all costs. Especially if my queen is saying that she's going to look after her. I'm like, yes, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone else got any other points? I don't for this chapter for this episode. I just have my manga anime differences. I've got here, I, I thought it was really funny how Rukia found Orihime without a fuss. Couldn't find Ichigo for the life of her, but could find Orihime already. Unless <laughs> 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 she was following from the start. And yeah, then, that and makes more sense. followed until the trail ended. Yeah, sh- sure, just, sure, that makes, sure. That makes sense, and I did think about that, but I was like, no, I don't want that to be the case. I just think it's funny. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think... Not really. Yeah, my only other point was like a little one of like Ikaku like being really respectful when he's staying in somebody else's house and being like, I don't care. Well, I'm not going to complain about the clothes they give me when they're giving me a bed and food. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool of you. Yeah. He's, he's actually a really whole... nice guy. He's a secretly a really Ikaku's nice so guy. Ikaku's so good. I think he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the only other thing that I had that I think is just like a nice little like, aw, is um uh that Chad does get a slight remix of the number one theme when he's fighting Benji <laughs> yes. for a bit, so that's nice for Chad. Oh, uh, was that was kind of cool. I was like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> and then Yami gets his arm back. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, I don't like Yami very no. much. That's like, I mean, good for him, I guess. I mean, I I like so many of the Iran cars that I don't I don't really care for Yami. Yeah, agreed. You're gonna you're gonna hate him even more with how the anime censored the death of the poor innocent Hollow. So you know, okay. Literally, in manga has the hand going down, and you don't see a head anymore. You just see blood splatter, and it's hmm. literally just a headless person gets thrown against the wall. It's very graphic and angry in the manga hmm. of Yami showcasing how strong he is. Makes it's... me very excited for the uncensored person. Bleach anime return. <laughs> Oh, yeah. anyway. God, move. Anyway. Um, I'm all good. That's all I have for this episode. Yeah, do. The only thing I have is, and this is from a fan translation manga. So when we watch, we tend to compare a fan translation manga sometimes I to... I love fan translations. I think they're super fun. They're super fun, and sometimes they're and more like... loyal, because Viz is gonna, like, censor stuff, or make it more readable for the Western audience. Or just, like, very literal. I find that Viz goes, like, kind of literal sometimes. Yeah. Um, and this fan translation, it's just one, this one throwaway line, and it's when Rangiku is talking or laughing about... Ikaku's fashion sense with what um, Keigo's sister has put him in. Mm. And in the anime, it's like, oh, has your time in the world of the living like changed your fashion sense or something like that? 
The fan translation has, have you switched teams since being here? <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Wait, what? But, it, I mean, it's... Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a big uh, difference. Oh. That's a fucking big difference. <laughs> I wonder if the translator doesn't know what that means. Oh, maybe. Or maybe they were trying to protect the younger audience from this innuendo. But it's from somebody, the majority of us who had canon him on that side anyway. Uh. <laughs> it's funnier then. But yeah, it was just such a throwaway line. I think was a, a disaster difference. bisexual already, but that's fine. Yeah, that it had that. I had to laugh. Yeah, have you switched teams since being here? That's really silly. That's so silly. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, so the two of them are actually in a relationship confirmed. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> proud proud of my actually well-dressed son. Good for him. And that's me. Yeah, that's all I've got yeah. for, yeah. So yeah. Mine, got, mine got an anime differences in? Yeah, no, there wasn't much that I could see. Oh, good. Or if okay. I did, I missed them because at this point I was like, "Oh, oh, Lethan's doing manga anime differences." Okay, I won't oh, take as much. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, got nothing. Okay, great. Uh, in that case, do we have anything for delving into the Don guy this week? I don't think we do. I don't. I've not seen anything, but then I've not really been around much. I've had things going mm. on with work. Mm-hmm. I saw something, but it's not. I haven't found the official source. It was from unofficial Shonen Jump. So. Oh, okay. All right. So that sounds like we don't have anything groundbreaking yeah. to report this week. Is what I'm getting out of that. And you know what? That's yeah. fine. There's not always going to be stuff at this point. Whatever. Y'all know we're going to keep you posted because that's what delving into the Don guy is for. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. You will know when we know, etc. As per usual. Yeah. Tight. Moving on. Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition. Hey, friends, who wore it best this week? You go first, Latin. Oh, me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, who wore it best? It has to be Renji and his pineapple, red pineapple. <laughs> Fucking love <laughs> that <laughs> shirt. So good. Oh, also iconic. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going Mine is Rukia and her mentor, sis, big sister, protection mm. over Oihime. Oh. Rain feels again, thanks. Yeah, Just go yeah. that for sure. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Uh, this week, um, despite the fact that we got a reasonable dose of both Shinji and Yumichika, who consistently wear it best for me all the time, as you all know. Um, I See, it's funny. When I wrote this, I didn't think it was going to be a point of contention. But having had the discussion we just had, uh, I'm just going to put it out into the space anyway. But I really liked Urahara wearing that straight up direct bluntness in his conversation Ooh. with Orihime. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice change. Um, and we haven't really seen too much of that from him. So mm. that was mine this week. Uh, all right, sweet. So moving on, we've got best ship this week. Oh, yeah, it's me. Uh, I have to- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to knowing going for uh, No, you're I perfect. Have to- I have to give it to Rukihime. For this, this, like, I know that yeah. usually we don't, we don't usually do a legitimate ship, but I can't ignore it this time. Like, the two together are so fucking cute. And I know that the uh, August challenge in the Discord server has been to write for ships that you don't normally write for. And I know Ooh. that a few people were exploring that as one of their options. So, um, yeah, shout out, massive shout out to Rukihime. 
I'd like nice. to preface like that. that as well with um, the Bleach manga has a chapter opening. So like, you know how it has the chapter name and there's usually a picture and it's not picture that's normally canon at this point. It's just yeah. like a picture. So the Bleach chapter for Bleach 2 to 8, Don't Look Back, is Orihime and Rukia um, looking off into the distance. They've both got their back to the like the camera and they're both naked and they're both holding hands. That's That's about as subtle as it gets. I know. Yeah. It's, really, it's, just, it's just really cute, and it's just like a symbolism for their like their friendship. And why did they have ship. to be naked? Is it just cause because Kubo wanted to draw butts? Duh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't see yeah. anything. It's just like it's no. There's no definition of the nakedness. It's just oh, there are no okay. butts. There's no butts. Are there no butts? There's okay, no. that's fair. All right, fine. <laughs> that's slightly better. Not not until not, not until. <laughs> This isn't even a spoiler. I'm just saying, read the final arc. <laughs> this, I'm very happy for that to be. If you know, you know. The internet, the internet had a goddamn moment back in oh my God. 2016. I think that was 2016. It was it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got all those jokes and things to look forward to. God, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Um, but my best ship. So, <laughs> my best ship is actually the friendship of Ohime and Hachi. Um, oh, oh, nice. Yeah, because of their like the similar powers and the cute little conversation and how Hachi helps her um, regain Tsubaki. Tsubaki, yep, Tsubaki. Um, and I just thought that was like it could be the beginning of a blossoming friendship. They both got something in common. Like you know, you could just imagine them sitting. And I'm yeah. pretty sure Hachi would willingly eat what or he may cooks for him because he's not <laughs> like that kind of person that he'd willingly try what she may, what she cooks so i think yeah. they'd have a really cute really blossoming friendship uh hey nobody want to know what my best ship this week was, <laughs> the same? It, was it was the very nice mentor mentee relationship between hachi and orihime <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i really liked that also yay nice. <laughs> great minds <laughs> yep great minds indeed Oh, great. I've not got a great mind. Fine. <laughs> Yours contained Ohime. It's fine. Yeah, it's great fine. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, you are correct, and I agree with you that Rukihime is a, is, is, is a good ship and makes sense this week. Very good yeah. for that. Okay, thanks. Um, Make me feel better, guys. Appreciate you. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, so uh, next we've got Double Take, Double Take. I have the, and I'm not even going to care enough to learn the, the, the plushies' names, but like the Can't little say. mouthy nope. plushy guy, he says at one point to Renji, um, seems oh. like your mouth is trying to write a check the rest of your body can't cash. <laughs> oh, and, whoa! And, what a burn! Wow! First of all, I laughed and I was like, that's a fucking stellar line. And then I was like, wait a minute, your mouth doesn't write a check. <laughs> and oh that was why God. I double-taked it. I double-taked it. <laughs> that's so layered. What even what is that? Someone's really proud of that dialogue, the line of yep. dialogue. Shout yeah. out to the writer's room. Yep. And the localization <laughs> team, rather, I guess. Love it. Uh, um, my double take is Anne on Heart completely forgotten about what Aizen's actual plan was. I was just living here, living, like, re-watching it, and then the whole Aizen's plan and the creation of the Oaken and that just led to a whole discussion of 
what could what this could mean for future revelations with the Oaken and people that we meet and people that we know. And yeah, mm-hmm. my whole double take was just Aizen's plan because I had completely forgotten it was a thing. I was like, oh. Mm. Take that, Aizen. You don't make the impact you think you do. <laughs> uh, mine, we talked about this already, but my double take was Urahara's quasi-throwaway line of dialogue about his Bankai not being good for helping people. Mm. I had never thought, I, I just had never paid attention to that line before, and um, Urahara's been dropping us hints about what kind of person he is for a while, and I think now that I'm re-watching, I'm paying attention to them, and I really liked that, so... Yeah. All right. What do we have for fandom shoutouts this week? Well, mine is uh, <laughs> from somebody yeah. in the server who's asked to remain unnamed. So we're going to call them Soul for the, the premises since everything's got Ooh, Soul in front of it. Soul shout out. Soul so shout out. Yeah. Uh, this Soul created a piece of music that is effectively, I swear to God, this could be the theme song of the server. Um, now, because it is a little on the longer side, we're not going to halt what we're discussing in the flow of the show for you guys to hear it. But what we will do is we will be signing off with it at the very end of the episode. Um, it is great. It is creative. And it's just, once again, a big reminder to everybody out there that the whole purpose of that server that birthed the podcast is to encourage the creation of Bleach Media, whether it be fan fiction or video podcasting. Um, you know, that's the whole purpose of that that server. And so to have somebody actually create a song, you know, or remix a song, I guess you could say, was just so delightful. I've listened to it five times and every time I'll laugh. So, yeah, look forward to that at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yes. it's Stay it tuned good. for it. Yeah. It is good. Stay tuned. <laughs> Um, so my fandom shout out is a piece of art. um, It was Oihime's birthday on September 3rd, so there was a lot of fan art circling around Oihime, and I found this specific one on Tumblr, and it is by someone, SRKBomb108 on Twitter, and it's just the softness and the colours of this specific piece. That's just so sweet, and it's just her facial expression, and she just looks so cute and adorable in it. Ooh. And it really yeah. struck me. I was like, oh. So it was a really good like homage to Ohime on her birthday and I really liked it. That's very Oh, that's cute. very nice. I so I something that I didn't really talk about uh as we were discussing the episodes because we um we had a lot to say about a lot of other things. Uh there were some really cute little side moments uh between and among the visards in particular. I think like we got to see a lot from Rose actually. Uh I really like Rose. I haven't really said that, but there's there's something uh, he's like a very, he's also a very like low key person. So it's easy to kind of miss him if you're thinking about the broader scope of some of these episodes. Um, but like he is insightful. He is, uh, he's mama he's, Rose. A, he's smooth. He's, yeah. He's, kinda. Yeah. yeah a little like motherly kind of feet character. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Um, cause Lord knows it ain't Lisa. So, um, she's the cool gay she's, aunt. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this is a portrait that I've liked uncle. for a, 
Yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt, but who knows what her origin story is. Anyway, um, uh, this is a portrait of Rose that I've liked for a really long time. Uh, this is an artist who goes by Blueberry Draws on Tumblr, but the E in blue, uh, the first E in Blueberry is the number three. Um, this is a, this, it's a lovely portrait. This person draws a lot of uh, portrait style and like sort of soft, realistic style uh, portraits and images of Bleach characters. And I'm going to share another one of Tozen in a second. But so the Rose one first because it's apropos. Uh, and then the Tozen one because it's just so oh, wow. good. Um, I, I rec- So I don't... Th- this person draws a lot of Tozen, oh, actually, wow. which is quite cool. Like, a lot of people sort of sort of don't. So um, if you want to see some clutch Tozen fan art, please go to this person's page. It's, it's, it's really, really lovely. So yeah, that's all I got. Anything else? No, that's us. No? Okay, great. So the only thing that I will say to our fans is... Nor- so strictly speaking, we are coming up to the end of the canon content for season six of the anime. Normally, between arcs of the, the between seasons of the anime, arcs of the anime, um, we'll do a filler episode. But this time, because there is so much filler that we're gonna be skipping. Uh, and that we have skipped already, we sort of thought we would wait, hold off, and do a filler, uh, excuse me, a, 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 a spoiler episode after we get through a little bit more so that there's more to talk about. So uh, we haven't forgotten. We're not, like, changing our pattern up or anything like that. We just want to wait until we're going to have more to talk about in a spoiler episode. So rest assured, it is coming eventually. We're just not going to do it right now between season six and season seven. We might do that between season seven and season eight, but TBD because season seven kind of has a lot of filler also so um yeah spoiler episodes aren't going away we're just not going to do one right now so with that having been said you wonderful souls Mm -hmm. that is the end of another episode if you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Seirete on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook, and T Seirete on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family, where you can chat with us about the show, read fanfiction, take part in creative challenges, and talk anything and everything bleach. Now! Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector, and Ichigo to iTunes to rate us and review us and make Make us us feel feel like like number one. And to those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and use your weird arm to give us that good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episodes 138, so we're skipping a little, 138, second move of Waco Mundo, Hitsugaya versus Yami, and 139, Ichigo versus Grimjow, the 11 second battle. We'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye! Bye. I love the serrated
All these captains, yeah, we know they're mostly gay. Try to tell friends, but they look at me like maybe I'm a weirdo underneath, grinning through my teeth. Yesterday I cried. There were chibis and some angsty fluff. I died. Rest assured that when I start to simp for eyes and and my crack fix are extreme, tomorrow I will change and today won't mean a thing. I'm a simp, I'm a bleach fan, and hell yes, I ship for Geenran. I will comment on your fix and draw a bunch of dicks. I'm a simp, I'm a fan. We've got the best gay dads, you know we wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I love listening to your voice, actually, Nomi, but I know that not everybody likes listening to their own voice. It's a very different experience. Nomi's got a great voice, doesn't she? Nomi's got one of the loveliest speaking voices I've ever heard in my life. Yes, agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to speak now. (laughs) Nomi's speaking voice is my first love. Aww. I ship it. Dale's ears and Nomi's speaking voice shipped. <laughs> <laughs> My new OTP. 